Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are having a very special episode of The Dream Take tonight because this is the very first episode we are doing on this platform called Locker Room. Yes, it's an audio-only app that allows you to talk in room, so it's half podcast, half radio show, so you're going to hear people potentially calling into the show tonight talking about Rockets, Raptors. I also have my co-pilot Michael Brown coming and he will give his thoughts on tonight's game. So the Rockets tonight, they fall to the Raptors 10 in a row and it was just such, um, it was just an unfortunate game. Final score 122-111. I have Michael Brown, my co-pilot here with me. So Mike, welcome to the first episode of the dream take on locker room what's up brother how are you i'm i'm doing well i'm doing well we got people popping in here i'm about to tweet that we're live on our twitter account at the dream take and from the dream shake twitter account at dream shake sbn but while i do that why don't you give your thoughts your first thoughts on tonight's game i mean i mean tonight went about as as i thought it would go you know, to be honest with you, like, I did not think the Rockets were going to win this game. Toronto, Toronto's just better than we are. With no Siakam tonight, I thought we may have had, like, a little bit of better chance to win. Um, but, I mean, we just – we didn't play well, man. Like, there's so many things from tonight that I, I have to question. Why did Justin Patton only play 10 minutes tonight? I mean, your Does guess is as good as mine. Huh? I wish someone maybe maybe we'll see someone asking. Maybe he's a part of this program. I think also part of it too had to do with the fact that the Raptors play such a small small lineup too, and you can kind of get a like the Rockets were able to kind of get away with playing small tonight because the Raptors also play small. So it kind of benefited both teams tonight. Not that, and that's not to excuse you know. I think Justin Patton, you're starting to see a lot of growth from him, and I love to see it. I love I love what Justin Patton brought tonight, and to me, I think, honestly, it just had to do with matchups, and I'm not sure exactly why, but yes, I'm hoping that after tonight, Steven Silas starts playing him more, because I think you look at him on, what was his plus minus tonight? Uh, he was a plus five tonight. Yeah, I mean... And he played he played pretty well. Like 
I think when it comes to Justin Patton, I, I think that there's a little bit of hesitancy when it comes to him uh, being like a lob threat. He isn't really a lob threat, but he does help this team on on the court because of his size and just the simple fact that he is, you know, that he is 6'11", and the Rockets are playing the small ball. He does have those benefits. But other than that, he's also really good. I, he, he flashed a three-point. I think he made a three-point shot tonight. He is getting – you can see that he's getting more comfortable with the offense. It's just going to be the minutes. Like, can he get those minutes in order to, to stay there? Yeah, for sure. He did hit a, he did hit a three tonight. Um, look, man, I mean, is he, he's, he's shown flashes. I wouldn't call him good just yet, but he's been good enough to get back on the court. More yeah. Than 10 minutes. Yeah. That, 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 um, that's what I'm saying too, is he's not, he's not Christian Wood by any means, but I hope that we can see him play more than 10 minutes like he did tonight. Cause I think it would have made a difference. I don't know if it's the difference between winning and losing, but it is it is a difference, and I hope that he can show that moving forward. So I see people are starting to come in here. So if you have a question for us, we're gonna we're gonna open for questions later in the show. But you can use the chat box over there, like our buddy Lucas is doing right now. And at some point during the show, our show, um, we will have people. We can invite them to the stage, and you can ask your question through there. So when we get to the Q&A portion of our show, you can either come up on stage and talk to us, actually talk to us, or you can throw your question down in the comment section. So, Mike, let's let's talk cuz like tonight, honestly, I feel like if there was a holiday or a movie to describe this Rockets team. You know what I'm, you are I'm going with this? Good Burger. Well, no, that was a good movie. This team isn't good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, are you going? it's Groundhog Day. They do the same thing every game. And it I mean, ends the, up with the same result every game, a loss. The the scary thing about tonight, though, is you would look at this Rockets team right now, and what would you say is the the strength of this team if you had to choose one for a team that's on a 10-game losing streak? I would say it's the guard play, right? You would think. I mean, yeah. John Wall and Victor Oladipo didn't play terribly tonight. And Eric Gordon. You and know, Eric I, Gordon, yeah. You know, you look at you look at Wall, Oladipo. Between those two guys, they had 48 points. And then Eric Gordon pitches in with 17. So they're at 65 points. Their problem is you gave up 25 to Van Fleet. You gave up 20 points to uh, Kyle Lowry. And then you gave up 30 points to Norman Powell and 30 points to DeAndre Metton. Bembry. Mm-hmm. So it's like you would look at this team and you would say, okay, the, 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 the guard position is one that you can look to to say, we should probably win that matchup, you know, between Oladipo, Gordon, and Wall. But tonight you didn't win that matchup and you got beat badly by that matchup. And that's where you lost the game. You know, ever I- since you mentioned Good Burger, I'm hearing a lot of Kel Mitchell in your voice. Sorry, um, I don't know what it is. No, it's it, hey, that's that's totally fine. <laughs> I'm a tad, I'm a tad under the weather uh, as we're speaking. Oh well, but stay safe. I appreciate it. No, no, no. Yeah. But I'm I'm here. I'm ready to go. Um, 
But, yeah, you're going to get a little bit of that tonight. But, look, I mean, the Rockets scored 111 points tonight, man. Like, the offensively, I really didn't have too many issues with the way they played. But, again, what killed them tonight, JB? It's getting off to a slow start. And they've done this time in and time out. It's like you get down, you know, by double digits. It's so hard to come back, especially against – I know coming into this game tonight – um, the the Raptors were one game under five hundred, but this is a good team, man. Like this team has a lot of top end talent. Am I, you know, the way I see it? Uh, you know what's funny? You know what's funny, Mike? Yes. The Raptors. What is their record after tonight? Seventeen and seven. Seventeen and seventeen. Right. Yes. Okay. So those Raptors who are really good, but what's the Knicks record? 16 and 17. So a half game difference. And yep. they're trash? They are trash. Oh my god. The they're the same record. No, but the difference is is that the to me, the Raptors have more top end talent than the Knicks do. Outside the, Hey, that's fair. That's fair, outside, but at the end of the day, the records are pretty identical. I mean, I get it, but all of these teams have gone through so many different things this year that to me, like outside of Julius Randle, who's a plus player on that team? Emmanuel quickly. Okay. Well, I'll give I'll give you quickly. Nice player. But RJ Barrett's played pretty well this year. He's played decent. But nothing like look at look at the Raptors. None of those guys are uh uh Fred Van Fleet, Kyle Lowry, uh when he's healthy, uh uh or uh Siakam, he had a bad game the other night, but Siakam's had a good year. And Anuobi, Anuobi's a nice player. Anuobi, yeah. I mean, that, no. kid, that kid can play. So between the two teams, Toronto is better than the Knicks. Well, right. yes, for sure. Yeah. Right. But, I mean, watching watching the game tonight, I had no problem with the way the Rockets played. They've got to do something in the first half, though. Like, they have to figure out a way to come out quicker. To me... The first half wasn't an issue because if you look at if you look at where the two teams were at halftime, right? Yeah. The the Raptors were up eight, but the only difference was a couple of free throws and maybe one shot because the the percentages were almost identical. I think they were both shooting like forty four percent from the field, the Rockets and the Raptors at the time. And then you have um, the, the three point the three point shot tonight for the Rockets started to fall pretty early. It was the third quarter when things started to go icy because the Rockets went from down eight to down 15. And the the lead that the Raptors had grew to as much as 20. And at that point, the Rockets just couldn't um, – they couldn't recover. And, like, we, how many times have we seen this this these last 10 games where the Rockets go down early, fight their way back, but they can never get to where they're supposed to be. Right. No, for it's, sure. it's been every it's it's the groundhog day, bro. This is the groundhog day losing streak. Every single game that we've seen, or at least, you know, majority of the games that we've seen so far have been the exact same script. The Rockets have a decent run, then they go down big, then they fight back and you're like, "Oh, could they could they do it? Could they do it?" But then they don't do it. Yeah. It's like it's like Candace when she's trying to bust Phineas and Ferb. I don't like know she's that. like, oh, I got to bust Phineas and Ferb. 
and she's like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then she never does it. Yeah. I, I, okay. Uh, I'll take yeah. it on that one. Yeah. yeah. Our audience is, our audience is growing in the chat now. So, um, we'll just kind of go up to the top. We are the dream take podcast, uh, presented by the dream shake, uh, Houston Rockets, SB nation, home of all things, Houston Rockets on SB nation.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the dream take and at dream shake SBN. Jeremy Brenner here and uh, an under the weather, Michael Brown. Uh, but I think this is a good time to open up some questions. So if you would like to talk in the chat, um, you can do so. Or if you want to come up on stage, uh, hit that speaker request button and I will get to you. Um, so just come, come in throughout if you want to call in. If you don't want to call in, that's totally fine as well. I will keep talking all night if I have to. But to me, the Rockets tonight, Mike, like the issue tonight for the Rockets like, was more so, in my opinion, on the defensive end. They they aren't as they aren't as aggressive on defense anymore that they that they have been, and that could honestly, I think that has to do with the losing streak, because you look at how teams operate when they have one or two guys, like or or when they or when they have one or two guys when they're winning games and all that. But when you're losing games. And you're losing big in these games. You're losing the teams you shouldn't be losing to. Then I think it's starting grain to get to get under your skin. And it takes a few special guys like a David Nawaba to kind of pull them out. Because we'll talk about David Nawaba a little bit later. Uh, but that was, to me, like tonight, it was, like the defense just was flat, in my opinion. Like they, they weren't, they weren't out going for steals. The team had four steals. The, yeah. Like it, they they weren't active on on defense. They were kind of just holding out and hoping the Raptors would miss their shot that they would eventually take. And then the Raptors would have a who had eleven offensive rebounds tonight. They would take them up and score second chance points. I wonder what second chance points look like tonight. Second chance points. Another thing too that's been bothering me lately is in transition. The Rockets don't get out quick enough in transition. They're they're a fast team. We've talked about this. They're yeah. fast enough to where they can go in transition and, and can go get transition buckets. Yet, I feel like we're seeing too – like, the team looks just too flat. Like, yeah. there's no there's no jump in the step. And when they get it, it's too late. And, yeah, there, there's, no, there's no transition defense going on. Offensively, they don't get enough transition points because that was where the Raptors tonight really thrived. Yeah, the the we, you and I talked about it when they when they acquired Russ uh, John Wall. We talked about the speed, right? We and when they acquired Oladipo, was we wanted this team to use their speed to get out into transi- transition. Mm-hmm. You know, guys like Daniel House and guys like Jay Sean Tate, those guys like to run. David Nwaba likes to run. Uh, David Nwaba, to me, he had eight points, but when he when he was on the court tonight, the Rockets were a minus nine, uh, which is a little shocking. Um, cause he was part of that big comeback in the yeah, fourth quarter. Sure. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, not to just specifically bring it back to Justin Patton, but Justin Patton was the only, uh, him and Eric Gordon were the only players tonight for the Rockets that were a positive plus minus, you know, Eric Gordon, I thought had a, you know, he only shot five of 12 from the field, but he was three of eight from three. He had 17 points and there were some bright spots from 
tonight. I, I will say that. I do think Victor Oladipo having the type of game that he had, the more games he can have like this for the Rockets will only improve the haul that they're going to get back before the deadline. So even though oh, they yeah. did you know, lose tonight, I think that was a big plus for the Rockets. Oh, yeah. Give me give me all the Vic trade packages. We'll talk we'll talk Vic trade packages maybe a little later on. Um, but yeah, if you guys – I'm going to read some of these uh, things in the chat right now because uh, I got D in the chat here. He's saying Rockets play too slow for small ball. Yeah, I think yep. – I, I agree. I can agree with that. But the thing is with small ball – the Rockets are not looking to play small ball forever. They're only going to play small ball until Christian Wood comes back. Then when Christian Wood comes back, they'll have him. Patton will get the backup minutes, and they'll have a big at all times. And I think that's going to change a lot of the bad things that come in this offense. A lot of the offensive woes that they've had will be changed because Christian Wood will play 35 minutes a night, hopefully. And, you know, that. so this small ball thing is only temporary. And they and D also mentions they don't make enough shots to take advantage of any team, and that's also true. Is you look at the offense, they shot forty three percent, which has been you know kind of on par, on par, but maybe a little bit better than average compared to what they've been doing the last couple of games. But it was that third quarter where they shot zero of nine from three to begin the third quarter. That's just not this is not good enough. Like there's no like that stretch at the beginning of the third quarter when they went from 8 to 15 cost them tonight. That is why the Rockets lost this game. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't have said it better myself. And it comes down to just making shots, man. You know, when you look from the three-point line, you know, tonight, why is John Wall shooting nine three-point shots if he's only making two? Uh, the thing with John Wall, though, is he when he came to Houston, he wasn't that good of a three-point shooter. Then at the beginning of the season, he was shooting the best he ever has in his career from three. And I still think that his his career three-point mark for this season is better than any season he's had previously. I, I'm going to have to look that up and fact-check myself on that. But, yeah, if you look at his three-point percentage, he's shooting 35% right now. He was shooting 38%. His, and that's his second-best mark from three in his career. The only exception being the 2017-18 season when he shot 37%. So, yeah. yeah. No, I'm, just, I'm, I'm talking about specifically, like, in-game tonight. If you're yeah. going two of nine, you have, to, like, you have to realize what your shot selection looks like and try to find better shots. John Wall is playing a little too much like J- – to put it in Rockets terms, John Wall is playing a little too much like James Harden and needs to play more like Chris Paul. Um, he yeah. needs to, he needs to, you, I would, and the, but the thing is with John Wall, because he knows Christian Wood is out, he knows that he is the number one scoring option on the team. And yeah. so that has to be a lot of pressure. Whereas when he has, he talked about it in his press conference, how he likes to have the rolling big so that he can distribute more and that he can, you know, utilize his teammates more. He can get those assist numbers up because his assist numbers are down this season and it's a career low for him. Only six point one assists per game but john wall this the whole thing with is this team is so different with christian wood is just and we say that every time but it's just it's true it's true like i think if you insert christian wood into this game take out the fact that the that the raptors didn't have pascal siakam or their entire coaching staff but 
if you put Christian Wood on this team against that Raptors team that came out tonight, I think the Rockets pull out the win. Well, to be fair, I mean, to be fair to John Wall tonight, I mean, he had 12 assists and you still lose by double digits. And I think one guy offensively that I look at that has to score the ball more is Jay Sean Tate. He does. Yeah, Jay Sean Tate, not a good game tonight. But he does. But if you look at his game in and game out performance, he's not. He hasn't been a guy that has scored. Like he's not a seventeen point a night kind of guy. He's always that. Like tonight, he had eight points, but he only had four eight field goal attempts, and he was fifty percent from the field. The next step in his type of game, in my opinion. Because defensively, the guys mm-hmm. were solid. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and the thing with Jay Shantae is most of those shots, and the reason why his field goal percentage is as high as it is, is because he, he is the quintessential rocket because he only shoots layups and threes. <laughs> and he shoots more layups than threes. What I'd like to see in Jay Shantae's game as it develops is more of an outside shot, more of a confidence to shoot that outside shot. Oh, so I- that I- makes him even more... Um, Swiss Army knife like than, and I don't know than he already is. Yeah, I don't know if you notice this like I do, but there's multiple times a game where he has an open three, but he doesn't take it. Like yeah. he has that he has that initial shot, but he's afraid to take that shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he'll pump fake and then he'll try to go to the bucket. And most times he's successful. But for me, his next step is becoming not an eight to twelve point a game type guy, but more like a 13 to 17 a night kind of guy because John Wall tonight, you know, he was, he had 12 assists and you lose by 11 points. So John Wall, I agree, needs to step more into that facilitator role, but to be fair to John Wall, who do you want him to pass the ball to? You know, Victor Oladipo. Okay. I give you that. Eric Gordon. I give you that. Sterling Brown. Only had three points tonight. If exactly. only, if only he had, if only he had a rolling big that averages twenty points a game. Oh, for sure. And and if Christian Wood was here, then yeah, I mean, I'm all about it, you know. But the fact remains that John Wall is getting paid a lot of money to be on this team right now. And yes, you don't have Christian Wood. You got to figure out another way to win a game or win some games. And right now, he's simply not doing that. So they. They need to go back to the drawing board after this game because they need to figure out a way to get started quicker. And maybe at this point, JB, you know, it's it's starting Eric Gordon. I don't know. Does starting Eric Gordon get you off to a better clip? I'm I'm guessing it does. Okay, so say you start Eric Gordon. Yeah. who, who, Who comes out of that starting five? House or Oladipo? House. There you go. I to me, I think the answer, to be honest, is to start Patton instead of House. Yeah. I think House is better off the bench. And if you at least start with Patton, I'm not saying play Patton starter minutes, but if you play Patton 15 minutes a game, but you get John Wall and him started and you open that part of the offense. That's a good point. That's a great point. Then, then you, I feel like you get John Wall into a bit more of a rhythm. Sure. And if John Wall's in a rhythm, then everybody can be in a rhythm because he is the heartbeat of the offense. Yeah, the starting Justin Patton makes a lot of sense. But you can tell just by, you know, and he's only been here. This is not a, an indictment on the, the coaching style of, 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 of Silas. 
You got to play more than 10 minutes tonight, though. But it's also tough because they don't play a, a big guy. So, but you've got to play Patton more because the team just looks more cohesive. They look like a team that knows their role a little bit clearer, a little bit better when he's on the floor. So I agree with you. You know, maybe keep Gordon on the bench, which I think he's better coming off the bench. Yeah. I think I think Silas has said that he's going to start PJ at center until Wood comes back. Um, we'll see. That's another he... positive from tonight, though, is PJ. You know, he scored. Yeah. He upped his score. You know, the point per game average by like eleven hundred percent tonight by scoring eleven points. He scored eleven points. It was his first points. I think Jonathan Fagan tweeted out it was his first points in two weeks. No, because because he had had two scoreless games and then he sat out two games. So, yeah, first points in two weeks for P.J. Tucker. Yeah. and But you saw, like, you saw, like, what happened when you got P.J. Tucker involved in the beginning of the game. You were winning. Like, yeah. they were winning in that first quarter because they got P.J. Tucker involved. And granted, a lot of that has to do with the fact that P.J. was making his shots. That's another, that's another big step in this. But, yeah, I think I wanted to see more. Like, PJ did his his part tonight offensively, and and that's what made the Rockets teams of the past three years so good, is because PJ was getting involved in on offense, and everyone was a scoring threat. It wasn't four on five on offense like it has been a lot of this year. PJ was a legit threat from from three and offensively. So if you look at PJ's numbers from last season and this season, so. He was shooting 35% from three last season. 37 in 18-19, 37 in 17-18. This season, he's shooting 31%. So that's a four-point four decrease in, in, point, in, in percentage. It's four percentage points difference. And he's gone from averaging seven a game to about four and a half. And, that, and that's why. Yeah, and we... I feel like I'm bipolar with with PJ Tucker because you just keep, you know I keep going back and forth and tonight you see that repertoire of why he's going to be so good for a playoff team, you know, like he he still has those intangibles. It just it hasn't worked thus far with Silas and the system that he's trying to build. But look, man, it, I thought he had a decent game tonight, you know, and and even when he was on the court, you know, the what did he have? He had 11 points, seven rebounds. He was still a minus six on the floor. The The Rockets lost tonight because they couldn't hit enough threes. Mm-hmm. Point blank. I mean, yeah. they, they, this team is still, without Christian Wood, they're purely built around being able to hit the three ball, um, you know, at a high clip, and they haven't been able to do that during this 10-game losing streak. And it's yeah. pretty well, Christian Wood is, I think, statistically their best three-point shooter. That's also a big part of it. And I honestly think if you put Christian Wood in the game and he's that big he's that big presence, he does so much for spacing purposes as well. And yeah. he will get guys more open like Nawaba, like Sterling, like Eric Gordon. And that might generate more more points for those guys. So I'm going to open the floor again for questions. If you guys have any questions, if you want to – Come up on the stage and speak. Uh, the floor is yours. Just hit that speaker request button and I'll come on, let you on. Uh, but 
always. It's it's optional, not requiring you to come on. Um, but just wanted to open up the floor again for possible speaking. I'm going through the chat right now and reading what y'all are saying. Um, so we have uh, Kaz over here. He says, it'd be hilarious if once we get Christian Wood back and KPJ up here, we go on a 10-game winning streak. Would be hilarious, but highly unlikely. Just imagine it, though. But honestly, so Kevin Porter, again, in the G League, put up a big, big night again. I want to say he had a double-double. It was like 27-10. and 10. Yeah. 27-10 and 10 tonight in a win against, yep. against Canton. But, yeah, so honestly – I think when it comes to – look, this team is going to look totally different once once the trade deadline comes and goes. Once All-Star break comes and goes, this team is going to look totally different. So that's why I'm not putting a whole lot of stock in the games right now. Just because these games right now are not going to mean anything in the long run. And I'm looking more at this point – and it's only been the last couple of games in which I thought this, you know – if if we go on a ten game win streak coming back, we're right back in the playoff hunt. We'd probably be in the playoffs in in that in that top ten. Yeah. So because if, if you look at it, still the Rockets are just four games back of the ten seed. So, and I'm not saying the Rockets should go and for sure try to get into the top ten, but honestly, I, I've said it before, and I'm not sure if you guys have listened to our show in the past, but the way that I see tanking is. If we're going to tank, like, I don't want to lose games on purpose. That is – that breeds a bad culture. It's just not what you do. You play to win the game. You don't play to lose the game even if you do get a nice little draft pick. Because even if the Rockets are one of the worst four teams in the league, there's no guarantee they're going to get that pick because if they fall out of that top four, the pick is conveyed to the Thunder. So there's that risk that you run if you do try to, you know, air quote, tank the season. So – Honestly, I just want to see from this team a team that fights hard every night. And, you know, if they win, they win. Cool. If they don't, oh, well. And if they if they get in the top four, so be it. I honestly think, though, the Rockets will – like, because no one's going to want to join a loser. Like, if you think about it, like, like nobody's going to want to join a loser unless you get overpaid. Yeah. And then we're just going to get a bunch of overpaid guys like, like Detroit has. Detroit overpaid a boatload of people last season. In the in the off season, they overpaid on Okafor, overpaid on Josh Jackson, overpaid on uh, Mason Plumley, and they're one of the worst teams in the league. So, I want to get guys that are going to be here, like a John Collins. I saw John Collins mentioned in the chat. We've been talking about John Collins and that twelve oh one a.m. meeting on night one of free agency for a couple of weeks now. So, right, yeah, John Collins. Like, but John Collins is not going to want to come to Houston if Houston is trying to lose games. It's just not. It's not in their nature. And I don't expect Steven Silas to go down that route. I don't expect John Wall to go down that route. So you're you're hopping into the Mike Brown thinking train that tanking is stupid and the the draft picks are nice, but it doesn't get you it doesn't guarantee you talent on your team. That's another thing too, is yes, it doesn't guarantee you talent. That's- we agree in that part. We agree that tanking is bad, but for different reasons. Yeah, it's the the right now. Let me tell you something, okay? The the this is no, you know, right now even in the off season, the Texans dominate the talk of the town. 
the Astros are the talk of the town. For whatever fans, and we have a loyal fan base that listen to this show and follow our tweets, which is awesome. For the ever-dwindling number of fans that are watching this Rockets team right now, the Rockets have to infuse some sort of excitement into this team to keep that fan base engaged. Especially it's, when it, especially when a lot of fans can't even go to the games. Correct. And so post, post-All-Star post game, or, or post-All-Star break, get Christian Wood healthy and bring up Kevin Porter Jr. There's Which is nothing, going to happen. Yeah, and there's nothing left that this, this, this kid has to prove. Like, you've done it, okay? Come be a part of the roster. I, at this point, bring up K.J. Martin, too. And the, the, Silas Silas said in the presser today, pregame, that they're both coming up after the All Star game. Or, yeah. yeah. So, but, but bring them up, and I want to see them in legitimate minutes. I don't want to see them in a, you know, in every other game type of scenario with Mason Jones. Like, let them play, let them get minutes. This kid is going to produce at the next level. Like, Tell me if I'm if I'm too off on this, but it feels like Kevin Porter Jr. has the ability to be like a Jordan Alvarez for the Astros. Like you bring this kid up and he just produces, mm-hmm. you know, day in day out <clears throat> at a high level. That's the type of impact I think Kevin Porter Jr. can have for this team that Jordan Alvarez had for the Astros. Mm-hmm. Now we have he, he's putting up like twenty and ten nightly in the in the bubble, right? He's yeah. not going to come and do that immediately in Houston. At least that's not what, what we're expecting sure. out of him. But it's something – like, he, he's only 20. He's raw, as raw can be. I don't even know if he's – I mean, if you consider how he's only played 50 NBA games, yeah, he's raw. But let, let's get him cooking. He's, he's the new chef in town. Let's get him cooking. And, I look, honestly, for me, as – it might not excite the the casual fan, but Kevin Porter and Christian Wood are enough to excite me as a Rockets fan. Yeah. And, and which will keep me engaged. And I'm not just saying that because I cover the team for the dreamshake.com. I'm sure. not saying that because I have a podcast called The Dream Take. I'm not I'm not doing that. Like it's not it's that even if I didn't have those things, I would still be into this Rockets team. Yeah. And the I'm I'm with you, and that's why it depends on who's still here after the All Star break, right? Because at this point, after watching the game tonight, Victor Oladipo should not be a Rocket after the All Star break. Aaron Gordon should be an a Rocket after the All Star break. Um, PJ yeah. Tucker should be gone. Like free up these minutes for these guys to slot in and allow them to get some good run mm-hmm. because. I feel like at this point, Kevin Porter Jr., you know, guys who have that it factor have that it factor no matter how many games they've played in the NBA. I feel like Kevin Porter Jr. has that it factor. And if you come back after the All-Star break with a starting five of Wall, House, Porter Jr., Christian Wood, and Jay Tate. Jay Tate. There's your five. And yeah. I'll tell you this, man. Even if we're losing games, this team is going to be fun as hell to watch because they're going to be young. They're going to be energetic. They're going to play off of each other. Wall is going to be that much more impactful with things that you said from before. That's the type of 
team that a, a city and a fan base can get behind. Yeah. Also, you have to keep in mind that the Rockets are going to get a package for Vic if they if they end up trading him. One package that I've kind of thought about is let's and and if you guys want to throw out your um your like potential trades trade ideas in in the chat, you know we're four weeks away from the trade deadline where the Rockets are once again going to be one of the biggest players in the trade deadline. So we're going to be definitely looking at trade deadline scenarios throughout the next you know couple of weeks on the podcast on the Dream Shake. So be sure to keep up with that. But I'll start this conversation by throwing out a scenario where Victor Oladipo goes to either the Jazz for Boyan Bogdanovich and a pick. What that does is what that does is gives the Rockets a three point shooter that they desperately need. The, the, the contracts are about the same. Bogdanovich is uh, a guy that's making, you know, $20 million a year. Now I'm not exactly sure if, if the, if the jazz are going to do that because the jazz are so good at this point that, you know, look, do they need an upgrade? It's, it's, it's debatable. And an upgrade at this point could be detrimental to them because it, it does more harm than good because of the, because of like the breakup in chemistry that you could possibly see. Right. So that's a huge, that's a huge gamble by Utah though. It is it is a big gamble by Utah, but at this point, if I'm Utah, like if I'm number one in the West and I've got a shot at it, why not? It, it, I, look, I don't expect it to happen, but it's it's something to consider. Another team I'd consider it'd be a it'd be a it'd be an interesting trade. But keep in mind, remember last uh, last trade deadline, the Wolves and Warriors made a big trade, and both those teams were out of it. Here's a trade that I think makes a lot of sense for Houston. Okay. Find a way to get Buddy Heald to Houston. Now I'm not saying Victor Oladipo goes back to Sacramento. Yeah. Maybe he does because you know Buddy Heald is is on the books for a while in in Sacramento, right? Yeah. He's, I, I want to say he's on the books for like like two or three more years, at only, least. Yeah. The only thing with. With with Vic going to Utah, is you already have Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. To me, that's too big of a replicator of of Mitchell. Yeah, like Bogdanovich just makes more sense in Utah than Vic does because you already have Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Man, I ugh. why would Sacramento give you Buddy Heald? Well, not give us. It well, what they get in return, I would love because Buddy. Buddy hasn't Buddy Buddy is anti Luke Walton, and. Yeah. He hasn't been playing well. I I actually, to be honest, the reason why I came up with this is because I spoke to someone on the locker room app yesterday, and he was a Kings guy. And he, I want to look him up, but I'm not, I I forget his name. But anyway, we were talking about like how the Kings run a losing streak, how the Rockets run a losing streak, and how they had Tyrese Halliburton. And you're looking at Tyrese Halliburton, you're like, oh, well, he's like, other than De'Aaron Fox, like Tyrese Halliburton, is the number two guy for them. Like, he is their dude, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to start... Like, their idea is we got to get a Fox Halliburton backcourt going. And Man. Buddy coming off the bench doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So, And it's a four-year contract that he has. 
And you can easily get out of the books there. There's also the connection with Monty McNair in Sacramento, the former Rockets assistant GM. I'm not like I'm not saying that the Rockets and Kings are going to make this straight up deal Oladipo for uh, Buddy, but let's let's use that. Let's try to build a trade like that. If you guys have something in the chat about like Buddy Heald or anything like that, I see Lucas doesn't like Buddy. Lucas, you want to explain why you don't like Buddy? Uh, you can do that in the chat. You can come up and talk about it. If you're uh, just coming into the room and you want to come up, feel free to drop that speaker request. Um, but I see a lot of trade talk in the chat for um, for John Collins. Now, I think John – like, I remember the Hawks were saying they want a first-round pick for John Collins. And Done. if I'm the Rockets – well, <laughs> I know you – because Mike takes draft picks. But, I like, to me, why would you trade a first-round pick if you're not for sure going to get him but in free agency? Didn't That's – but didn't you say earlier that you and I are on a similar wavelength of like draft picks don't guarantee you? No, th- I said that's the reason why we're on different opinions. Okay, so like for me, you need draft picks because draft picks are lottery tickets, and you need as many lottery tickets as you can to cash okay. in on the dude that's going to win you a championship. But the thing, the thing for me is you, the Rockets need to to figure out, or I should say. Raphael Stone needs to figure out where Tillman Fertitta is with his mindset of his organization moving forward. Because I would not give up a first-round pick if for John Collins if we don't have a legitimate chance at signing him. I will. Well, we say, would have. We would have John. Coll- say, John Collins is a restricted free agent, so the Rockets will have a chance to match. But that's what I'm saying. Offer. You have to figure out if if you're willing to a spend the money to keep John Collins because to me the conversation starts at four years, seventy five million. Mm, he's not going to accept that. Like but, he's but looking for like I didn't say he would accept that. I said that's where it starts. That that's disrespectful. It's not disrespectful. That's disrespectful. Sixteen and nine because he guys. he declined he he declined that extension from Atlanta. I think Atlanta offered him something like that, four seventy five or something like that, and but he declined it's clear. it. But it's he's going to get paid like Clint Capella did, like Stephen Adams did. Like that—that's the kind of market that you're looking at for John Collins. He's going to ask for like four one twenty, and but for honestly, I say like four for John Collins. I say like four one hundred. I think that's enough. That's a that's a reasonable amount. It sounds like a lot because it's a hundred million dollars, and when you think hundred million dollars, you think, "Oh, the best players make a hundred million dollars." And when you think of the best players, you don't think of John Collins. But that's just how the NBA is going. The contracts are getting bigger and bigger every year. But that's so, what I'm saying. But real quick, what I'm saying is, it starts at four years, seventy-five million. He turned down that type of money from Atlanta because, let's be honest, nobody wants to be stuck in Atlanta playing basketball. Sorry. Uh, Not sorry. I, I don't know about that. Okay. Well, I think he's on a great, like, Atlanta has a great future. No, they don't. Yes, they do. No, they don't. They drafted Trey Young. Congrats. You, what is their Trae record? Trey Young is the closest thing to Steph Curry than, that has come into this oh, league. Oh, no. No, come on. Do not do that to Steph Curry. I don't like Steph Curry, but you cannot compare Trey Young to he's Steph He's the Curry. closest thing, like, shooting, shooting wise. He's a good shooter. Yeah, he's a good shooter. That's okay. what I said. 
Is Atlanta? Let me finish. You make me look like a clown on here, Mike. Okay, go ahead. I don't know. To say that Atlanta's future is not bright is is a bit is a is is a bit of a take. It's a bit of a take. It's a big take. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Right. So who's your best player? Trey Young, nice player. Nice player. Hasn't even made a play the playoffs yet. Okay. You have John All Star starter last year, Mike. Okay, I get it. But I'm just saying John Collins doesn't want to be there. Gallinari, overpaid. No, it's not overpaid. that John Collins doesn't want to be there. John Collins just wants to get paid. And Atlanta's not going to pay him what he wants. I would give him four yeah. years. I, I would, I, me personally, I would feel comfortable at four years, like $80 million for John Collins. So we're close. You and I are close on our evaluations. But outside of that, you have Gallinari, who's overrated and overpaid. You got Rajon Rondo. Congrats. What else makes you excited if you're a, a Hawks fan? DeAndre Hunter. I mean, okay. Nice player. DeAndre Hunter is averaging like 18 a game at one point this year. So are they better than Boston? Boston. Like, don't don't talk about Boston right now. Boston, okay, but top bad. to bottom, top to bottom at the end of the year, are they better than Boston? Are they better than Philly? Are they better than Milwaukee? Are they better than Miami? No, they're not there yet. But they're getting there. Like, DeAndre okay. Hunter is 23, and he's averaging 17 a game in the NBA. Clint Capella's had good games for them this year. Like, you you can see them growing together. Trey Young's only in his third year in the NBA. I, I like, like Atlanta. I like Atlanta. I don't it doesn't sound like Atlanta. it. It don't sound like it. No, I mean, I like Atlanta. I don't love Atlanta compared to other teams in the East. They're not the, the upper echelon team yet, and a lot can change year over year. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I would love John Collins. Well, yeah, because that's how that's how rebuilds work, Mike. It takes time. It's not something that's going to change overnight. But when you're but when you're Atlanta going out and spending money like they did on Rondo and on Gallinari and on Clay Capella, you need to reap those benefits rather quickly to make that money pay off. Yeah, I'm going to look at some of these uh, comments here in the in the comment section. So we have um, there's talks about giving Kevin Porter. Or not Kevin Porter, Kevin Herter from Atlanta, Tony Snell, uh, John Collins Herter for Victor Oladipo. I think that's a little too much. Uh, I don't think I don't think that Atlanta would give up that much for Victor Oladipo, considering the fact that I, I feel like a team will overpay for Victor Oladipo. Is because the thing is, the teams that are looking to get Victor Oladipo are the teams that he's going to be the fourth best player on. Like if Utah gets him, Victor Oladipo is the fourth or fifth best player on Utah. Like when he's already when he's like our third best player. I mean, so he so he would be behind Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, and Conley. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. So he'd be tied and for Clarkson. Clarkson's player. better than Oladipo right now too. Who? Clarkson. Yeah, yeah. So Probably. so that's yeah. So he'd be their fifth guy. He'd be their fifth guy. But he's a really good fifth guy because he can be the third best guy on on a lesser team like the Rockets. So, yeah. So I don't know if Atlanta would be willing to give him up just because I don't see why they would just go for one restricted free, like one free agent for another. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, yeah. Lucas says, in my opinion, Buddy is too old for our team and way too one dimensional. He's getting paid big money for the next couple of years. I do see that as well. Um, but Buddy's a good three-point shooter. And at this point, the Rockets, one thing they need more than anything right now is a good three-point shooter. So that's why I think Buddy would make sense for this team. I do see the side, though, where he is he can be one-dimensional at times. And I think that's why Kings fans are willing to let him go so quickly. 
Um, we have PJ for Etwan Moore and Jalen Smith. That's an interesting deal. Although I don't know if the Suns would give up Jalen Smith their top 10 pick after just a, a cup of coffee in the NBA. But I mean, I would love to see Jalen Smith here. I think that'd be a decent, um, decent idea. Um, PJ for Zeke Naji in the 20 in a 2023 second from, from Denver. I do. That's that. potential. Um, yeah. I mean, if you can get a young prospect like that will help the Rockets. Cause I think at this point, the Rockets are looking to develop as many players as possible and hope for the best. But Again, it's going to be hard to trade rookies. We don't see rookies traded that often. I mean, we saw it with, like, K.J. McDaniels, and that was a huge mistake from, from Philly when they traded him to Houston in 20 – was it 2016? And then um, you had, like, Thomas Ro- – I think Thomas Robinson was traded as a rookie to the Rockets as well. Was he a yeah. rookie that year? No, I think, I think he was in his second year. Or was he in his second year? But Denver, For some Denver- reason – I don't know if Denver makes sense. For no, me. yeah, Thomas Thomas Robinson was traded to the Rockets in his rookie year. Denver Denver doesn't make sense just because you have a long jam in that position already with Michael Porter Jr. and Will Barton. So I don't know. I don't know if Denver for makes... Vic. No, I think he's saying for PJ. PJ for Najee. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is I mean PJ Tucker there? I I don't see PJ is a four. I don't know if PJ is the right. They did. They were there was talk about the net. I think it was the Nuggets, the Nets. I will tell you this. That we're I talking will, about PJ? I will tell you this. I would love to get Hartenstein back from Denver. No. No. Pass. I'd rather have Patton. Uh, another, yeah, another one that's been also talking about, D mentions PJ for Spencer Dinwiddie. Now, that matches ooh, up perfectly with salary. Um, I and I guess Spencer I Dinwiddie would have uh, bird rights with Houston oh, next season. Five seconds. Because that's question. that's honestly it. for Brooklyn, like that's their last potential. Uh, yeah, he has a player option for twenty one, twenty two, and after coming off of an ACL injury, I would take twelve million. So, I, I mean, maybe Spencer Dinwiddie declines and he decides that he wants to go play for a contender and not with money or whatever. But um, I mean, hey, to opt into twelve million dollars coming off an ACL injury, I would probably take it. So, yeah, yeah. we'd have Spencer Dinwiddie as like another combo guard. With this especially, next especially if you could squeeze another draft deck out of Brooklyn and that type of deal. Like, like uh, Dinwiddie in a second for PJ? Yeah, yeah. I say, yeah, Dinwiddie in a second for PJ. To me, that's probably the ceiling for PJ. Unless what people aren't talking about right now in the group, <coughs> excuse me, is if you package PJ and Oladipo together, You'd have to take a ton of salary. That'd be a big, be a big. Yeah. If that's gonna happen, that's a big trade because yeah. you you rarely see that. I feel like at the deadline where you package or, or a, where a seller packages multiple guys and in tonight, one trade. Yeah, tonight with with Miami beating Utah, you, Miami might be a landing spot for either one or two of those type of guys that they look at and say we need to get more mm-hmm. firepower at that position, and we're willing to part. In that type of scenario, you take back a guy like Kelly Olynyk, but you land a guy like a Kendrick Nunn. So that way you kind of send out two and you get two back if you're Miami. That's the type of scenario that I mm-hmm. think would maybe work out best for the Rockets is if you find a way to get that type of trade or a type a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie, who I would be all for. That's a great idea by, yeah. by Titus. Let's um, 
let's pull into the J tra- uh, the J train pulling into the station. Uh, one key for Sunday against the Grizzlies. Oh man, you got to come out. You got to come out quick. I mean, you you've got to figure out a way to start these games strong. Like tonight in the first quarter, they started strong. You know, they came out. They had a, I believe, a four point lead mm-hmm. at the end of the first. But you fell off in the second half. You got to come out quick, and you got to continue that momentum through the first half. And th- th- this team is proving to be a pretty good second half team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're doing a good job in the the second half of ball games, climbing back into the games and not letting the other team build their lead and and just run away with it. Uh, but they've got to do a better job in the first half of you know figuring out how to ma- you know build a lead and maintain that lead. So that's my. You know, and obviously to try and contain Ja Morant on uh, on Sunday. Yeah, I think the Rockets – I'm curious to see if John Wall is going to play, if Victor Oladipo is going to play, because it is the first half of a back-to-back. So we're not – so we're, we're still unsure as to, you know, who is going to play the first night or the second night. I mean, it is close to the All-Star break, but I doubt that the Rockets are going to mess with that, especially now given where the team is. So I think with the Grizzlies – the only way you beat them is you you score more points than they do. That's my key to the game. Score more points than the Grizzlies, and you will win the game. Uh, but anyway, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Thank you so much to those of you who joined us live on the Locker Room app. This was a lot of fun uh, doing the podcast in a very different way. Uh, love, love the interaction, the camaraderie, and the chat tonight. Uh, we will definitely be doing this soon. Uh, be sure to... Uh, follow us here on Locker Room and follow us on Twitter at the Dream Take and Dream Shake SBN. We appreciate the the gems that have been coming our way uh, from our listeners tonight. So thank you so much. And be sure to you can also follow us personally on uh, Locker Room. You can follow Mike on Locker Room and on Twitter at BSW Podcast underscore MB. And you can follow me on Twitter and on Locker Room at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. And if you missed this episode uh, live tonight, you can always join us uh, by subscribing to us and downloading the podcast on your podcast app of choice. We do a post-game show after every Rockets game win or lose, and even though we've had more losses as of late. Uh, we're not sure if we'll do every episode here on Locker Room, but if you follow us over on socials, you will be notified as to when we're here and when we might be somewhere else. But thank you so much for tuning in this episode. And until next time, go Rockets! Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies, like Google, Meta, and Apple. 
But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.